0: Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Chris. Uh, no funny anecdote this week because uh, my, all my all my skills have gone dry. I've got nothing. There's nothing at all. Um, so I should just get on with it instead. Um, I've got two people out of our three-man contingent, the person contingent, I should say. I've got Phil and I've got Rich with me this evening. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. Right, and we are going to sort of jump in two-footed uh, like a uh, Chowdhury challenge this week. Premier League fans will get that one. Uh, we've got plenty to cover, and a lot of it is off the pitch this week, just to forewarn you. So uh, we shall jump in straight away. As usual, we're going to round up the weekend's results, first of all, and then we'll break into our topics. So cast your mind back dear listeners, listening to Friday the 4th of October, where Marseille did a Marseille standard, uh, losing to Amiens by three goals to one. and Isami with the opener for the home side before Benedesso, Who else scored for Marseille to bring it level? But a uh, goal from Jurassic from the penalty spot and a late Steven Mendoza. 90th minute clincher got the result for Amiens. A good watch the game, actually, and uh, impressive once again, the home side, not so the away side. On into Saturday's action, PSG got a fairly comfortable not 1-0 win this week. It was by four as Andrzej rather rolled over. Uh, Pablo Sarabia, pick of the players there with a goal and two assists. Uh, he also set up the goal for Riccardi. And uh, Drissa Gay with his first goal for the club before a certain chap with Neymar rounded it off with the 90th minute fourth. Uh, Dijon, they won that game we were talking about last weekend. Uh, with uh, former Arsenal man Alan Di Juventus and steffi Mavadidi with the only goal of the game that one massive win that for Dijon over Strasbourg by a goal to nil uh, Phil was happy also on Saturday at Montpellier ran out won <laughs> winners over Monaco um, Monaco are back everybody happy day um, <laughs> Monaco yeah. federer Mendes and Andy DeLore with the goals Ben Yedder, of course for Monaco before Alex Gullivan reverted to type and was dismissed for two yellow cards in the same game. So that's the end of Monaco's mini run. Uh, Bordeaux, impressive again. Way to lose with it also same score, 3-1 win. Because the Previo, Pablo and Huang Yuzhou put the teeth in with the uh, goals of Bordeaux before Colaris got one back to lose. Too, little, too late for them, a 3-1 home defeat. Uh, Brest, heaped misery on Jez unfortunately, a 2-0 win for them over Mets. For Sierra. And uh, Castelletto, who's um, having a lovely season, actually, is impressing quite a lot of people with the the second goal in that game. It's a good home win that for Brest. They continue to surprise many. Uh, a late Simon goal was enough to beat Nice for the home side Nantes, who've uh, had an interesting week off the pitch. be less said about that, the better. Um, it's certainly not their fault that they've been in the news this week. But again, i shall leave that one there. One uh, 0 win for them. On Sunday, we had three fixtures. Uh, Neem and Lille, that was fun. 2 2 draw. Uh, Lille getting in front through uh, like Remy before Ripar Score cool from the penalty spot and Denke with the second for the away side before who else? Osimen with the equaliser for Lille with 10 minutes to go. 2 2 draw in that one. I think probably Lille feel that they should have won that game but didn't. And uh, speaking of teams that probably would feel they should have won a game, I'm um, sorry, Rich, but Ren, not with. <laughs> Uh, as Rennes continue their um, very impressive season, particularly away from home? Having I mean, beaten PSG, they now gone and won in Rennes. It was uh, Dio with the winning goal on 49 minutes. We will, um, we will sort of revisit Rennes briefly in a moment. And uh, finally, we uh, we shall talk about this game in a little bit more depth because it was certainly the pick of the fixtures for the weekend. Although it wasn't exactly the pick of the watches, sadly. It's an Etienne with a very last minute winner. From Beric, uh, terrific Heather and fairness, beat the uh, well, the Crisis Club Leon. Um, you could put Crisis in front of a few clubs in League but we'll, we'll start with Leon. Um, I'm guessing we all saw it. That... Oh, so, uh, I shall. Um, I shall come to you uh, on this one first, Rich. We we saw a a sacking, um, a parting of ways, a mutual termination. No that, 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 let's be honest. It was back. silvino has gone from Leon. Um, What's your thoughts on the game and uh, ultimately his dismissal?
1: Um, well, I mean, as a game, um, considering we've seen some some pretty fiery Roan derby games in recent years, I thought the game was a little bit on the tepid side. Um, I think, um, obviously, both clubs in pretty poor form didn't help the situation, Um I would have thought possibly the addition of Puel into the Santetian dugout may have added a bit of spice to it. And with Silvinio obviously at that point hanging by a thread, you thought that could have added something to the game, but as a game itself and as a as a Rome derby and everything that hinges on that, it just felt it, it it felt like there were two teams that were really bang out of form. You could clearly see that I think on the on the pitch. Um, as regards Silvino, uh, I mean it, it sort of had to happen. Um, he obviously made such a great start in his opening two games, and that really probably papered over the cracks of the squad. Um, but yeah, it's it's been on the cards for a while. The the team hasn't been playing particularly well. There seems to be a bit of confusion about what the best eleven is. Who should be playing? What formation they should be playing? Um, you know, last couple of games lucid Dembele has been has been dropped, and you have to think, you know, he's he's their. I'll give you their best out-and-out striker. So again, why has he done that? So yeah, it, it sadly it had to be Silvino. Um, it does raise big question marks uh, over Janino. Uh, obviously, Silvino. I'll start getting rhyming now. Silvino was Janino's man. Um, with with Gennio being appointed as sporting director, it was him that was sort of fighting the the case for Silvino to take charge um, under him, and Olask entrusted Giannino with that, and it's it's backfired. You know, we're what are we nine games
0: mm-hmm. into
1: the season, and he's been given the boot. As I say, it raises question marks over Giannino Certainly, I don't think he's going to have as much. Um, say when it comes to naming a replacement Phil Savino but it just seemed a, a step up perhaps a little bit too soon or maybe it was just the wrong team at the wrong time um, you know it's it, it's a team that the fans are do demand success and perhaps what success is um, sort of meant is different for the fans to the the. Olas and, and, and the squad, you know, the fans demand perhaps more than the team are able to give. And I'm not sure those those two expectations and, and realities totally merged. So, Silvino, at the time, yeah, you just felt a bit of a left-field choice, bit of a gamble, and they didn't overly need to take a gamble. They could have put an experienced man in charge, which looks like they probably will end up doing now. But they could have put an experienced man in charge, Someone who has has got the the experience, and I don't just mean league. I just mean managerial experience. Silvino is still very, very new. It was his first senior um, coaching role as head coach, and yeah, it just smacks really. I think of a of a coach that didn't really seem to get a grasp of of what his preferred method, preferred style, preferred lineup was, and he's ultimately had to pay the price with his job.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's well summed up. What's your thoughts on 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 the game and and Silvino as well? So, I mean, it's sort of right decision based on what Rachel said. Now. Do, do you tend to agree? Well, I think when you look at
2: um, Lyon, obviously <laughs> they started well, and then things went off badly quite quickly, um, and so it, in a sense, the new manager bounce. Was more about Juninho as the director of football than Salvini as the actual manager. Mm. Is the feeling I kind of got, and it's it's been so up and down. I mean, our um, Leon correspondent um, <laughs> Tariq, is often going on about you know, well, they're consistently inconsistent in Lyon, but they really are doing that this this season so I think it was interesting but also to see what Saint-Etienne did because obviously um, Pranton went, Poor was on the bench I think for the Europa game um, which they drew which I wasn't expecting against Wolfsburg and then they yes it was an extremely late goal from Beric who'd come on As a sub in the 80th minute, there were eight minutes added though after he'd scored in the 90th minute. So it's like, Mm. could still very very nervy, but they might be sort of pulling themselves together. And so I think that was a very important win for them uh, at this point in the season, with the international break coming up. But obviously for Leon, that was a you know if you're gonna have a bad run of form, but then you're gonna lose the derby, like that's that's bad,
0: mm-hmm. even
2: yeah. you know, what else that game means. So, we've now got oh well in 14th and 14th to 20th, all on nine or eight points. I mm-hmm. uh, that's that's something they have to address and quickly, uh, frankly. Um, because it's, as you say, their fan base um, require something better. And I don't think that's unreasonable, given who they are, Um, but they are the fan base that can quite quickly get quite cross about things. And so that's something where, as I say, Silvino was in a sense almost incidental to Janinho coming in but now that hasn't worked out they've got to get somebody in as coach who can actually coach that team rather than being a talisman Mm. and so it'll be interesting to see who does that I think Puel going to Saint-Étienne is very interesting because that's a man who is Solid, stable, lot of experience. Who will Leon be getting in? That's the interesting thing
0: for me. I can't be the only one that hopes
1: it's up. Sure. Rich? Um, I mean, I can see why Leon fans and and 1 fans and football fans want to see Wenger back. Uh, for, for me, if if I was Leon, I think... The sensible route would be to go down the route of Laurent Blanc. Yeah. I think you've got a a, a a Liga manager there who's won the league at two different clubs. I think you've got a, a, a coach there. How long
2: ago that?
1: Well, don't forget he's been you know he's been he hasn't managed since well when he quit um, when he quit PSG. Yeah. But I think I'd be looking at bringing him in. Um, there's already talks and rumours that that Olassen and, and Blanc are due to meet up and hold initial talks. Now, the interesting one will be whether those talks also include Um, mm. um There are rumours that obviously him and, and Lauren Blanc go back many a year. Um There are talks about whether both of them come in together with, with Gasset as assistant. Obviously Gasset stepped away from, from Saint-Étienne to spend more time with his family. So maybe, I don't know the ins and outs of the role, but maybe being going back to being an assistant might potentially give him that, um, I would, I would be hoping if I was a Leon fan that Gasset does join, as part of any deal that would see Laurent Blanc come in as well. Um, But yeah, if I was a Leon fan, that's the way I would be going. Um, He's he's got a bit of authority about him. Um, He works he works well with a young um, sporting director or youngish sporting director. He obviously he worked really well with Leonardo at PSG. Potentially, he could he could work the same then with with Janina. Obviously, Janinho, as we mentioned earlier, is going to have his wings slightly clipped. I would thought after this Silvino, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, I don't debacle. want to say fiasco, but <laughs> well your debacle, fiasco, however we want to call it. But yeah, if, if I'm a Leon fan, I I would be the the romantic would say yes, Arsene Banger, But in terms of what Leon would want. What would Arsene Wenger do, bearing in mind, uh, you know, I, w- I would have thought if Arsene Wenger comes in, it would be at more of a sporting director role. Mm. Now, obviously, you don't imagine that Olas is going to pull the trigger on, on Janino as well. No. So I don't know, I don't see necessarily how Wenger coming in works with Janinho, whereas I could see Laurent Blanc coming in and working with Janino. So I think the romantic side, yes, says Wenger and and everything that he represents and sort of, you know, quote unquote, bringing him back home. But I think the actual realism in terms of of Leon as a club and getting them to where, or certainly closer to where they want to be, both internally and externally, I would suggest that that Laurent Blanc is a more likely and more realistic option. Mm.
0: Yeah, it it is a one that, that will be an interesting watch to follow, definitely. I think there, there are some, some quite interesting characters being put forward for the job and, and they all need to get this right. And I think that's the key thing. They really do need mm. to get it right, given what they've, they've been through so far. And, and we're right to give a little nod to Goughwell as well, who got off to the best possible start.
1: Well, there was a, there was a really good tweet over the weekend yes. um, and uh, I've completely forgotten who it was from, but it was a Eurosport journalist and he, he was sort of highlighting that Claude Puel and, and, and Saint-Étienne would be a really good, or could be a really good uh, combination. Saint- uh, Claude Puel, sorry, has been a big advocate for promoting youth. Um, and he cited players like uh, Grenier, Kabay, Lacazette, Gonelon, Debouchy uh Cosiello, Remy Walter during his time across Lille, across Lyon, across Nice, of promoting those those youth players and letting them you know integrate into that first team and with Santetienne obviously having a good batch of youngsters, they won the, the, the Coupe Gambadella um, last season, again that could be a really good fit and we saw um, we saw at the at the weekend you know, there were players that were either young players or fringe fringe young players that that Puel brought into the team and and did a, a pretty good job. So I think Puel and, and Santisteam could be a really really good fit.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I tend, to, tend to agree with that. It, it sort of just has the the looks of of what what should work in theory. Obviously, time to tell. It's early days, but definitely a, a positive start. We um we do just just think of for a second, Rich. We do just need to touch on as you put it, the elephant in the room. Richard um, <laughs> yeah. Stephon um, is getting a little bit of griefs a bit much, but Ren struggling at the moment. What What is, is, is it the Solskjaer effect? That's mean, isn't it? But is it a case of uh, <laughs> a great job and, you know, and, and, and now suddenly cracks are appearing, or is it just a case of poor form and just need, to, need a win to get back on track?
1: Well let's not forget that Julian Stefan did bring a trophy in which yes I don't necessarily see in the old Trafford no. trophy cabinet from Solskjaer's reign. Um, it's it's it is a little bit of, it's a tough patch. It is a rough patch for, for Stefan. He's a he is for all as I love him and for all that he has done in terms of that Europa League run that Coupe de France win he's still a very inexperienced coach. And I think that's perhaps something that's Gotten a little lost. Now I will go back to Silvino being an inexperienced coach is not an automatic, you know, reprieve for any poor form. Um, however, what uh, what ren are looking to do is build this 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 new. It, it's a horrible word, and we all know what's coming. But they are building this project, and it is, a, a, you know, an all-encompassing project. It's, it's, you know, sort of top to bottom and that's, that's you know, that be that players, be that backroom staff, be that board members, be that stadium, be that um, training facilities. They are completely revamp- revamping everything and bringing them into the sort of modern era of a football club. So time has to be given to, to Stefan. Yes, money has been spent, so you only have a finite period uh, before you really can be judged, and judged probably to the extreme. But ultimately, I think obviously that cup success last season has given him a little bit of a buffer. I think what he did after coming into the club, obviously being promoted from within, gives him that little bit of buffer as well. However, eight games without a, without a win, and some pretty toothless pretty lethargic performances do start to raise questions and there have been some articles this week that they're not overly severe but they're at least starting to question Julian Stefan and his methods I think that's one thing that has slightly just frustrated Ren fans are those methods and those the tactics that seem to be implemented we started the season so well with three slash five at the back. And then all of a sudden, around the time of the um, around the time of the Celtic game in the Europa League, we reverted back to four at the back. And all of a sudden then the players then had to re-get used to that formation. And it seems to be pretty much from then maybe a game before, we we've just seemed to have struggled. We've then reverted at the weekend Um, Sorry, to the the Lazio Europa League game, reverted back to the 3-5 at the back. But again, it's getting the players used to it again. So we're going to need to give them a bit of time just to get used to that. It's a a new formation. It's new tactics. Maybe it's not coming across in the clearest manner from Julien Stefan, And that's something, obviously, that he's going to have to work on. It's ludicrous to suggest that his job is under threat. Um, I think we, we have to let him see this through, unless things become truly dire. But he himself is the first to admit that the performances aren't good enough. The players will admit the performances aren't good enough. But it's up to him now to show that he isn't, you know, this, this one-trick pony that, that rests on those laurels from last season, that he is actually capable of learning. He's able to communicate across to his team what he wants and he has to obviously make sure that what he wants is the right thing for the team. Because at the minute, it has been largely disappointing. Now, of course, when you do like-for-like like comparison to this time last season, we're actually in a better position. But of course, we, were, we had poor, poor form at the start of last season, which ultimately cost Sabra Lamouchi his job. So he's got that to look back on. That you know, Ren, are a, Ren are a club that do act. Now, Stefan is in a slightly different, arguably slightly more protected position with everything that he has done. But he will be acutely aware that that isn't going to last forever. That goodwill won't last forever. We all heard the boos as Ren left the pitch at the weekend, having lost at home to Rouse. The fans will start to get frustrated. Now, at the minute, the object of that frustration is players and is Olivier Leton. But that, again, that won't last forever. That will start to turn. And some of that will start to be directed at, at Julien Stefan. So he now has to step up and show that he is capable of learning. He is capable of taking things on board, adapting, communicating. All these things that you know really good managers need to, need to have in their repertoire. So it's going to be a big, big learning curve, I think, for, for Stefan. And it's a curve that he is still on. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, he's going to have to uh, adapt, I think, fairly quickly. And this, none of this is helped by the fact of when you come back this side of the channel and you look at the championship and you look at how well Sabri Lamushi is doing at Nottingham Forest and you, go and, talk to, and you go and talk to fans of Nottingham Forest and they have nothing but positive things to say about Lamushi, the impact he's had, how he's completely embraced everything about the club, style of play, and the results are there. So there's that sort of hidden thing lurking over over Julian Stefan is the the man that he replaced has moved on to not bigger and better things but he's moved on to something new and is making a success of it so there's a little bit of pressure I think starting on Stefan yeah
0: yeah I think well spoken I think we will obviously keep in touch with. Developments um, in terms of uh, of comings and goings. It does seem to be, doesn't it? That that this period of time, the second international break, when clubs start to have a look at where they are in the season. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. One of those. Isn't it? I think the um,
2: the the Lazio game. Obviously, I don't think anybody was expecting to get a win from that. It was one of the key games, but to go ahead to Morel and then. Then to be beaten, then to be pulled back by goals from Milović, Savic, and Immobile might be a bit <clears throat> galling. And then my notes from Ren Rance at the weekend uh, for Ren just read ouch. Because if you look at the like the possession, they had nearly two thirds of the possession, they had um, 18 shots to thirteen. But they just weren't as efficient as Ras. And Rans did deserve it because they really made the most of what they, they got. So what Ren seem to be doing at the moment is, in a sense, doing everything right, but doing it wrong. And that is something that, you know, as rich as may come back to bite certain people at certain points. Um, what I think they been are quite... they are they are tumbling down the table, not just in terms of position, but their efficiency is really um, you know dropping off massively, and that's something that do they have a small number of potentially game changing players? Yes, and yeah. if if they're not firing, there's not a lot of their backup. So it's uh, it's going to be maybe a, an interesting time when we come back after the international break in the run up to Christmas, which is you know kind of another third of the season or whatever, um, to see if uh, things will be back brought back on track. It was kind of my fault
0: though. In fairness, I tweeted that, tweeted I text break during the game and. One, one in front and then it all went wrong straight after
1: that. So. I think that's the frustrating thing about Ren is you go back and watch, you don't even need to watch all the games, you just need to watch the extended highlights of nearly all those games, stemming all the way back to the start of September. And the vast, vast majority will have either gone ahead or dominated. Mm-hmm. And um, in each of those games, <laughs> we've failed to convert that to a win. Now we've drawn the majority, but there have been some really disappointing losses along the way. Rams was the most recent. They obviously lost the derby against Nantes. Um, lost away. The, uh, sorry, they drew away at Brest. There's a lot of disappointments along that. But so many of those games, it's either that we've dominated and not been able to take advantage, or we've gone ahead and lacked that. Discipline to see a game out, and that's I mean, do, becoming the common trait. I think. With the round. Do you do you think with kind of international
2: breaks can go one of two ways? It's either if you're in a bad spot, it's either well we can take the opportunity to reset and get back together and do some stuff, or it's time where you kind of um, linger on those regrets. How do you? see this little gap that they're going to have before the next game as panning out could it be a positive or a negative where do you think that that would go Rich
1: I would I think this would probably come down as more of a positive I think it's a little time to sort of reset to take stock of the performances um, for, for Julien Stéphane to, to go and see Papa um, obviously with the with the senior French team to, to listen to him, um, and I think just to sort of have a, have a look at himself, I think, um, and sort of reassess how he's doing things. So um, that's what I would anticipate. Obviously, the proof in the pudding will be that first game back, and it's away at Monaco. Um, so Yeah, so that will... Uh, either
2: way, Pep, either way.
1: Exactly. That will, be the, that will be the acid test. I mean, we can almost forget about that Europa League now. I think that the league form now has to return um, and what better, in quotes, way to, to do that than away at Monaco. Yeah,
0: through mm. yeah, that. And we will, of course, see how that goes uh, when it comes around. But we've got, uh, we've got internationals to have a look ahead to, um, sort of leaving the behind for uh, another week. We've got games against Iceland away for France on the 11th, which is uh, this Friday. And then following by the Monday game in the fourteenth at home to Turkey. Um news of withdrawals, we uh Leo Dubois has withdrawn, he's been replaced by Jibrostibay of Everton. Um, there is a bit of a doubt about Kylian Mbappe though, Phil. It's nobody's really quite sure about Well if um Le Keep has him under under
2: stern watch. Mm. So um after yeah. that. But obviously Loris seems to be out with um Is it dislocated Elbow, yeah,
0: hey. yeah, <laughs> faced by, by
1: uh, Magnon, I believe. Mike Magnon, yeah, yeah, that
0: didn't look good, did it? That I mean, as, as hilarious as that result was, that injury did not look great.
2: Well, um, because Mandanda obviously was um, second in the squad list. Does yeah. this mean Magnon has yeah, most... come into the squad and we expect Mandanda to play?
1: I think most people seem to be suspecting that Mandanda will, will play the two games. Yeah. I, I, mean, I we know I'd certainly really where love
2: to see Manion play those two games. I have to say, but there you go. well, I mean,
1: yeah, if you go on, yeah. if you go on consistent form and, and and deserving, then yeah, you would probably have to say Mike Manion. But you know, I everyone knows that I'm totally unapologetic in that I would like Ariola to be to be given given that opportunity. He he won't be. He just won't. Yeah. It will be Mondonda for the two games. Um the, the curious one for me was was the call up of Jibril Sidibay. Um yeah. well, I think as Jez tweeted a, at the time
2: it sounds a panic replacement that I think we know where DD's head's at, you know.
1: Well yeah, but as as Jez tweeted at the time it's it's the player that's played 31 minutes this season. Yeah. Um for for But Didi
2: knows him.
1: He does. And we
2: know that
1: that's Oh, absolutely. I'm not his... I'm not dispute I'm not yeah. disputing yeah, I I tweeted last night that you know, I love Didier Deschamps. Doesn't necessarily mean I have to agree with every decision that he makes. <laughs> yeah. I know that he likes his favourites, but it doesn't mean that I'm I'm not going to here questioning why. You know, there are probably three or four other mm. right back options. Yeah,
2: um, Suke is playing great.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. there was an interesting one that was that was thrown at me. Um, that was thrown at me last night was. Um, and he, he, I haven't done any research because I don't know. I don't watch much Premier League football, but um, uh, who was it? Southampton. Um, Jan Valery yeah. has had a. You know, he was. He was. He's been pretty good now for a season and a bit. It would be good to. He's young. It'd be good to see for him perhaps have a shot. But there are many others. Yeah. Sidibe was mm-hmm. just. You know, bear in mind he's had so much injury issues. Um, it's not even that you know. Forget the form. I mean, we, we we know that his form is dreadful. But forget the form. It's it's just that he's had so long out um, with injury. But you know, as I say, I I will respect Didier Deschamps. I will agree with he knows best. But it it doesn't mean that I can't throw a question as to why a particular <laughs> player has been called up. And and Sidibe was just one. Um, I haven't heard if. I'm presuming that there has been no issues, but there were question marks and, and and rumors that Bayern Munich were looking desperately trying to to keep hold of Lucas Hernandez and, and mm. stop him from from joining up with the French squad. But he's he's still listed, so I presume yeah. a uh, an agreement was reached. Yeah, <laughs> I think this
2: is so, like yeah.
0: Brexit politics or something. It's I I, I I love I love every time an international squad is announced. I I, I always love looking at it and thinking, right, okay, which, which, which who's going
2: to have a thigh strain? Yeah, mild. Anytime
0: soon pulled out. Yeah. Um, you know, it is it is a bit of a strange one. Um, yeah, the the pumper injury is another one that's a strange one. One minute he was out for a, a game, now it seems to be long term, and just seems to coincide with United's being terrible form it's a very odd one I do I do just want to quickly mention as you were on the subject of France um the the the, the dress sense of the French <laughs> is quite something um, if you haven't seen some of the pictures uh, there's a couple of my timeline uh Fresno Kimpembe's um outfit slash trainers is, is quite a visual um, Antoine Griezmann's um Stranger Things look as I've dubbed it is also quite the thing um, well, worth a look if, if you haven't seen their Instagram posts. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, God bless them, though. I'm not really one to talk about fashion, but still. Well, but, like
2: I say, mate, we're old.
0: If they want to live
2: their best life and wear whatever, then fine.
0: Amen. Yes, indeed. Yeah. If, I if am, I look I good, am happy that.
2: with this. I will criticize kit choices, mm. but kit choices are made by teams or federations and I will therefore argue with the man that way but individuals whatever you want to wear you know as long as you're not blacking out for Halloween then that's fine
0: yeah yeah that, that wasn't the best of choices at that time. Uh,
2: can I just mention on the um, EDF front We've had a couple of matches from the women recently who do their uh, international break a week earlier than the men because, I don't know, we're more organised or something. Um, But uh, the French women uh, played one uh, friendly match, which they won 4-0 against Iceland, and their first qualifier for the Euros uh, earlier today, uh, they won 3-0 away at Kazakhstan. Eugénie Lazomma is now on 80 goals, I believe, for the French national team in total. She is one behind the record of Marinette Pichon on 81, and I'm sure she will overhaul that in the rest of the qualifying campaign. Some wonderful, uh, wonderful records there being broken by some wonderful players. Um, it was Kaskarina uh, and Masri who got the other goals against Iceland and Gauvin and Katotu coming back into the side um, for these games after injury, who um, got the other goals. So that's going to be interesting. We will uh, be looking forward to how they do in the rest of their Euro qualifying campaign. Yeah,
0: and, and speaking, as you say, speaking of... Uh, kits as well, the women's kits are far better than the men's, I'm just going to leave that yeah. but yeah um, Style, yes, we style will, um, and class Indeed Yes. In fact, to be fair, pretty much all the women's kits are better than the men's on the national team front, but that's for a, a, a rainy day um, Just on, just in terms of the internationals, um, just reverting back to the men a second for those two fixtures, do we do we see any
1: issue with these two pictures? Iceland away, to get home. Uh, <laughs> well, well yeah, I, se- I, se- I see issues. Um, <laughs> I don't. Res- I, I don't think. You know, I will keep said hat of positif- positivity in place and and, and say that they, France will still come out of those games with with six points, but they they won't be easy. Um, obviously, as we saw, see Turkey at home, slightly different proposition to Turkey away. Um, so, you know, that there is that to factor in, but still it won't be an easy game. And Iceland away, the, the and Reykjavik. The thing again. is, they need, in a sense, on Friday,
2: away at Iceland, not to screw that up.
0: Mm. Because
2: well, I think, like Rich, I think that meeting Turkey at home is different from. Turkey away so you'd hope that they could win that but the key thing is not to get um, kind of um, what's say in English not to get knocked out of your stride mm. in the first game and given that this there's been a bit of a gap since the last game etc et you know the, Friday to me is actually Almost more important than Monday,
0: and we shouldn't underestimate Iceland. I mean, they've got they've got four wins from their six yeah. games, uh, twelve points. I mean, you know, they're no monks, as we saw. In exactly. 11,
2: so but... that's why there's a danger that France will go into this thinking we need to focus on the Turkey game because we're equal on points. But no, they've got to play the people who are on twelve points first, yeah. and away and I think that's going to be um, an interesting match and they really have to concentrate and focus and given the injuries and replacements or whatever, make sure everybody is just singing from the same hymn sheet to get that done
1: before moving on to the Turkey game.
2: It's keeping it professional, I think.
1: We saw saw in the, the games against Albania and Andorra, you know, not the Toughest opposition in the world, but it was still two very professional performances.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I think from France, and and that's what's important. That I mean, loathe like me that, that I'm not one to lecture <laughs> Deschamps on how to do his job, but that's what has the Deschamps has to retain. Yeah, and, and I've no doubt that he will. Yeah, you know, that that's been certainly a, a trait of of Francis for quite a while now is that professionalism. Um, and I've no doubt that Deschamps will will be able to. Get that that kind of performance from them, but by all means, by no means, sorry, can they be viewed as as an automatic six points? I'm just going with that. If I'm predicting, I think I think France will find it tough, but France will still prevail. I think in both games.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're probably probably right. Just um, sort of to, to kind of finish up this week. I just just wanted to revert ourselves back to Liga again. Just briefly, kind of a, a topic that, that I was just curious about. The um, we get talked a lot about quality of you know of leagues and and how things are going. And if you look across Europe, there's so many what you call big name teams underperforming. Um, I think league this this season is quite interesting given the amount of teams that are surprising. Yeah. And and are riding high. Is it is it a case that that you think over the summer? Liga has, has improved in terms of the quality of coaching and the players brought in? Or is it just purely that it is just one of those leagues where everybody, Bayern PSG, will beat each other? Oh, been- I, um,
2: um, one thing is uh, PSG are two points clear at the moment after nine games. This time last year, they were eight points clear. Uh, there's, but they've had a bit of a shift down. And some other teams have had a bit of a shift up, and it's not the teams we'd expect necessarily. Lyon, as we said, are down there. Saint Etienne are down there. So we've got Nantes and Angers and Bordeaux and Lyon and Rennes and Montpellier are the the ones who are in the you know the, the six chasing pack, but they're closer to PSG this year. And I think it's very interesting to just look at how almost inconsistent everyone has been, and I don't exclude PSG from that. Given um, you know, they've already lost two games, which unthinkable last year. Um, so it's I think it's more interesting. I don't know if it's anything to do with you know any massive resets over the summer. It's it's more. I know I was looking at stats earlier. I've got the dashboard back up and running. Um, I'm looking at results going up and down and up and down for everybody. you look at the all of the um, kind of top 12 of the, the class more, and you're like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I think you know, PSG are ahead. But they're not that far ahead that somebody couldn't cause them problems. It's just they won't be the normal people we would imagine causing the problems. Leal, probably the highest up that you'd see, had had uh, you know, a, kind of a run at this over several seasons.
0: Boudreau
2: also up there, and you look at the other teams like Nantong, Ras, They're capable of. Of causing some some trouble, but will they be able to stay the distance? Maybe not. But if they cause trouble in the right places, then that could make things interesting. So, I'm still hopeful that we will have uh, an interesting title of race once we get into the new year. Mm. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see how that pans
0: out yeah agreed and, and what's your thoughts as well rich is, is it the case that you're quite pleased that we've got a, a league where there are some quite unquote unfashionable sides outperforming more fashionable sides
1: yeah i think what it's a a, a, a sign of is is good scouting and good recruitment mm-hmm. and i think as more money comes into league be it external investments or you know lucrative transfers out of the out of the league it's obviously money that a lot of these clubs aren't used to spending. And I think it's money that some of these clubs have to learn how to spend wisely. And I think just because you've you've got the ability to spend twenty odd million on a player doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right player. You know, I look at um, you know, some of the, the the transfers that Leon made in the summer. I look at the twenty odd million that, that Ren put on Rafinha. Just because you've got the money doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the players, and I think you have he's to look good, at the though. likes. He's not really shown it yet.
2: Rafinha's um, um, cute, in,
1: um, a, in
2: a footballing
1: sense. He, he may very well come good, but he's proven quite a frustrating character, shall we say, so far. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, but but you look at some of those clubs, and you know, you look at Bordeaux. It's taken them a long time. To get to a position, it may it may still all go horribly wrong for a lot of these clubs, but what we're starting to see is that you know if you um, put time and effort and research into your recruitment policy, you know we know how good the the youth systems are in France, but if you put your time and effort into recruitment as well, you know you can get those you know excellent buys. There's a reason why Angers continue to be so successful in terms of Staying in Liga, in terms of picking good players up on the cheap, playing them, developing them into something good. To to you know, it's we've seen plenty of examples of that, but nothing I don't necessarily think quite like Angers. You know, see Monaco was a really high-profile example of that, um, but they ultimately had that initial boost, that initial injection of money to start with. Angers are a team. That, that's a good example of just generating it ultimately for themselves. Mm. They've put the time and effort into the recruitment. They've identified these players, be it from outside of France, be it from teams lower in the table, be it from the second tier. Um, they've they have identified these players. They've they've brought them to to. I'll continue to use Angers' as an example. Played them. Great coaching setup that they've got at Angers. Developed them. Got what they needed to them from them in terms of success at the club, and then sold them on for an extortionate profit. Mm. And I think that oh, yeah. that's Roman that's...
2: says going to Wolves, for example.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, go. Yeah. You know, I mean that that was that was not a not a fashion particularly fashionable player, but you know he was a player that they put the time and effort in and reaped the rewards. And there's countless but also, examples. They didn't
2: sell him to a eight fashionable club, as it were, they sold him to a practical. No, but they did sell him to a club
1: who was, you know, free willing and spending. And that's what they're
2: thinking of. They're not thinking, Oh, we can sell so-and-so to Arsenal or Chelsea. They're going.
1: Oh yeah. They're they're pitching themselves very much at a more realistic level, I think, than a lot Mm -hmm. of other clubs. But that, that I think is what a lot of teams have to start to learn. And perhaps it's, it's the teams that have the money that have that to learn the most. I think the teams that haven't got the money have, have had plenty of time. <laughs> have to... learned how to deal with not yeah. having the money. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what I think that this season will be a great example of. And so if you were to go flat out on quality, I actually think the quality might have plateaued a little bit, maybe even dipped slightly. Um, but in terms of pure intrigue, in terms of interest... In terms of unpredictability, I think this is probably going to be the best season that we've had for that in quite some time. Yeah. So in terms of where it pitches, it depends, I suppose, really what your parameters are for how you're going to judge it. But certainly it can't just be sort of thrown aside as the sort of poor cousin of the, the, other, four, the other four top leagues. Mm. I'm quite
0: enjoying it, isn't it? I'm quite enjoying the, the games that normally you'd sort of look at and go, well, I'm not sure... About this
2: one, but I'll give it a watch. Now you're watching it going up. Yeah? yeah, I mean, I my thing of every round of games is my one note is what the hell happened there, you know, because you've got everything is up and down. That is more interesting, I think. Um, obviously, my club is kind of mid-table and whatever, so I don't have the maybe emotional. Uh, aspect on that, but it's been great to see you know, Angers going up, going down, Nantes up there, um, Dijon pulling themselves up together, you know, the promoted teams doing reasonably well. How are they going to pan out? So, it says, I think it's it's been very interesting to watch kind of the evolution to this point. So, our next kind of uh, midpoint is going to be Christmas 19 games. You know, it could be very interesting getting to that point as well.
0: And hey, at least your club's in, Nigo. So, you know, it, it could be better. No. Although we're, we're doing our best to come back. We are doing our best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, more on that another day. But um, yeah, I, 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 think we've, I think we've summed it up quite well there. Is it? it was a question I thought would save for a quiet week and it's not like a good time to ask it. So um, good stuff, good stuff. I enjoyed that. Well, uh, well we'll we we'll, uh, we'll sort of draw a line this week um, under under the pod we will be of course back to uh, to review the French action next week uh, obviously it'll be post the two games played so we'll be back either sort of Tuesday or Wednesday next week I would imagine and uh, see where things have gone um obviously if you've got any questions or any